Welcome to the Key Wealth Matters weekly podcast, where we casually ramble on about important topics, including the markets, the economy, human ingenuity, and almost anything under the sun, giving you the keys to unlock the mysteries of the markets and investing. Today is Friday, October 20th, 2023. I'm Brian Peterangelo, and welcome to the podcast. Right now, I realize there's a lot going on across the world as well as continued human tragedies in the Middle East, and I am reminded of how fortunate we are to live in the United States and consider how we can show support for our fellow humans. As far as today's podcast, I would like to introduce our panel of investing experts here to share their insights on this week's market activity and more. George Mateo, Chief Investment Officer, Steve Haight, Head of Equities, and Rajiv Sharma, Head of Fixed Income. As a reminder, a lot of great content is available on key.com slash wealth insights, including updates from our Wealth Institute on many different subjects, and especially our Key Questions article series addressing a relevant topic for investors each Wednesday. In addition, if you have any questions or need more information, please reach out to your financial advisor. Taking a look at this week's news, there was a bevy of economic reports that were released during the month, some of them favorable and some less favorable. On Tuesday, we had retail sales that were up 0.7% for the month of September, which was higher than expectations, and in addition, August was revised upward, so there's still resiliency in terms of consumer spending and retail sales. Also on Tuesday, we looked at the industrial production from the Fed in terms of manufacturing across the country, which was up 0.3% for September. However, August was revised downward, so it's a little bit of a mixed message there, but we'll take the good when we can get it. On Wednesday, the Fed released its Beige Book report, which basically showed that most districts across the 12 indicated little or no change in economic activity since the September report. And the near-term outlook for the economy was generally described as stable or having slightly weaker growth. On Thursday, leading economic indicators showed declines again for the month and going on roughly 18 months of consecutive declines. Also on Thursday, the bright spot was the initial unemployment claims report, which showed a decline of 13,000 to roughly 198,000 initial claims for the week. And this might have been slightly less due to the fact that we had a Columbus holiday last week. However, still good news that unemployment claims remain low in a resilient jobs market, at least for now. And finally, in terms of Fed speak for the week, earlier in the week, Philly Fed President Harker seemed to favor a pause, whereas yesterday at the Economic Club of New York, Chairman Jay Powell seemed to make comments that were a little bit more hawkish in terms of keeping rates high or potentially another rate hike for the month of November or December. So with that, let's turn to Rajiv to get his thoughts on what Powell actually said and what it might mean for the Fed and the overall markets. Rajiv? So, Brian, it's like, um, you know, Fed Chair Powell had his uh, had his uh, conference yesterday at New York, uh, Economic Club of New York, and the thing is, uh, I think that um, I think the market did not like what he said. He said basically that uh, we're going to be higher for longer. And uh, he also mentioned that there's uncertainty surrounding the geopolitical events and uh, what the Fed is going to do based on economic data. So Powell's expectation is that the Fed will proceed carefully while noting that inflation is still too high. 
And I think the market at that point, as Fed Chair Powell was speaking at the Economic Forum, the 10-year was going to uh, 5% at that point. So now it's it's very interesting to see that uh, Fed Chair Powell did not point to the inflation coming down or inflation uh, reduction or anything like that. What he was really saying was there's a lot more work to do. We're not we're we're not higher for longer. We have a lot more work to do, and I think that uh, the market did not like that. And what we saw at that point was that Powell noted that significant tightening of financial conditions are still there, but they're not happy with the inflation story. That being said, I don't think that uh, there's going to be another rate hike this year, and I don't think, based on Fed Chair Powell's comments last night, that there would be any um, any more any more um, rate hiking, but the market did not like the fact that he said we're going to be higher for longer, and I think that is the big that's the big crux of the whole thing. And so I really think that Fed Chair Powell, uh, in his economic forum, I think that he has he has kind of like you know gone back and forth in the sense that he understands that financial conditions are more tighter right now. But he also understands that uh, inflation is not the target. And so we saw the 10-year get closer to 5%, but it didn't really reach there. It got to 4.996 when he was talking. And I really think that, uh, you know, it's probably going to be closer to 5%, higher for longer. There probably won't be another rate hike this year based on uh, the market expectations and, and what Fed Chair Powell is saying. But at the same time, I feel that uh, Fed, all the Fed members uh, this week, all the all the uh, speak Fed speak that we saw this week was pretty much reeling back the fact that there's geopolitical uh, tensions right now, and and I don't think that uh, there will be a November hike. There might be a December twenty five basis point hike, but uh, I really think that the that uh, Fed Chair Powell kind of Reel that back a little bit. So that's what we got with that. So George, how do you think that relates to retail sales and what else we're seeing in the economy for predictions of Q3 GDP and everything else going on relative to the market? Yeah, I guess you could kind of separate this week's news and economic reports um, in kind of a couple different ways, Brian. I think, you know, we continue to see some, some weakness in the housing sector, probably not as pronounced as people thought. I mean, I think Home sales declined two percent month over month. So to put that in context, that was actually you know a decline. That was a smaller decline than people expected. I think people thought that housing would actually be a bit weaker, but it's still the lowest level in over almost fifteen years. So again, I think these higher interest rates are starting to kind of uh, bite a little bit and kind of take some of the wind out of the sails a little bit. Um, and a year-over-year basis to kind of put the numbers in even further context, I think they were down some fifteen percent from the prior year. So housing still um, looks kind of weak in terms of the activity. That being said, you know, the, the increases, the price increases of homes that actually do transact is still staying rather elevated. So inventories on housing, more specifically, Brian, are still you know pretty tight. I mean, I think the average inventory is about three months, uh, which suggests, again, there's not a lot of supply, which is one of the reasons why housing is, you know, housing prices anyway, are staying still somewhat uh, somewhat strong. So you take that into the mix. You take in the fact that you know savings uh, for most people is still pretty uh, pretty you know, it, it's high-ish. I wouldn't say it's high, but 
it's still pretty well, relatively well uh, supported. And then you throw in this number that um, you mentioned around jobless claims falling below 200,000, that suggests that the labor market is still really quite uh, quite tight. So when you throw in you know, a generally uh, benign or maybe kind of a, a good, uh, good backer for home prices, home valuations, people's you know, expectations about what their homes are worth, uh, with with a pretty job, a pretty robust job market, it's not surprising, I guess, that the, the consumer spending story keeps on chugging along. So, since you mentioned retail sales, you know, I think it was kind of interesting to see that autos picked up quite a bit. It was the fourth strongest. I'm sorry, it was the strongest month in four months uh, in terms of overall demand from for, for autos. A pretty cyclical uh, purchase, I would add. Uh, and then, you know, more on the service side, you know, people are still eating out a lot, so restaurant sales were also quite brisk. Restaurant sales, Brian, were actually 9% year over year. And also, kind of, it's kind of hard to really parse this out too much, but e-commerce sales were also really quite brisk. So I guess the backdrop, I guess, that I kind of think that, that Paul is struggling with is the fact that the economy, frankly, is just chugging right along. So despite the fact that there's some pretty notable headwinds uh, geopolitically that we're all very acutely aware of, uh, and those are starting to kind of provide probably some more gyrations in the market than uh, most people would like, but not surprising. You know, the, the overall um, economy is still is pretty strong right now. So Powell's got his hands full right now. And I suspect this effect perceive that he's probably struggling with that, that, that very thing. Um, I'd also kind of point out that earnings continue to be you know, better than expected, it seems like. But Steve, maybe you've got a better view on that. So how do we kind of parse out the stronger economic data with what we're seeing and hearing from, from corporations as they report earnings so far? Well, I think that earnings have been coming in above expectations this quarter, George, as we've started to get into the teeth of earnings season. Really, next week is the largest uh, the, 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 the largest chunk of of corporate America reporting. But, you know, I think it, it's it's been heartening to see numbers come in above expectations. And, you know, when you look at the actual numbers, I mean, everybody knows that the the, the expectations game gets gamed going into the quarter. So. You know, when you take a look at the actual numbers, it, it looks like we're uh, if we get positive revisions this quarter, we'll we'll end up with positive earnings growth year over year, and then that will kind of mark the end of the quote unquote earnings recession that that kind of started in in late twenty one, early twenty two, where we had earnings rollover and then trough uh, coming into this year. Um, so I, I think that's something that 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 equity investors are gonna gonna start to focus on as we move uh, into year end. The fact that we're we're back in a positive earnings growth environment. In a, you know, we've talked multiple times on this call and in other forums that over the long term, earnings uh, higher equal stocks higher. So it puts a tailwind behind the the equity market. And you know, one of the things that I've been watching here is that um, it does seem like we're we're starting to see both here in the US and around the world, a number of different leading indicators start to inflect to the upside. And, and you know, it's kind of, uh, I, I think it's kind of shocking for a, a lot of the folks who've been on the recession train for quite a while to to maybe have to reevaluate their their view. And because it, it's starting to look like we could be on the cusp of a, of a cyclical upswing here. I, I mean, it's, uh, I know, counter to the prevailing narrative sometimes but um, you know when you look at what happened last year with the s p 500 peak to trough um, going down over 20 percent the earnings declining year over year and two quarters of negative gdp um, in hindsight even though the mber isn't going to call it that uh, we may have had our quote unquote recession a year ago 
um, and and we could be on the cusp of some kind of a recovery here. And if that's the case, um, equities are going to look pretty good as we head into 2024. What's driving the earnings story, Steve? I mean, it's kind of curious to me to see that, you know, other cycles when when the Fed is tightening as aggressively as they are, you know, they're kind of pulling out liquidity, right? So you've got kind of this drain of liquidity uh, at, when, when the Fed is as aggressive as they are, but earnings are, are powering higher. So how do you kind of explain that divergence that we were seeing this year versus other cycles? Well, there's uh, the it's not it's nominal growth. I mean, we've had in, an inflationary impulse this cycle. Um, if you look at earnings, they track revenues and revenues track nominal GDP. So the the fact that nominal GDP has been running hot, surprising to the upside, provides us with a tailwind for for earnings. And then you know margins have remained relatively high. We have not gotten a a a crunching in margins. Labor costs have been uh, a bit inflated relative to maybe where they were a year or so ago, but um, corporate America has done a pretty good job of holding the line on other expenses and being able to pass through cost increases to uh, to consumers. So, you know, I think that the the fact that margins have remained high in a, a in a high nominal growth uh, environment is is really what's driving the 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 price cycle at this point. Then you pointed out kind of the resiliency of corporate profits. I mean, I think you also talked about the fact that people have been calling for a recession now for at least a year, right? Over so, a year. Yeah, and, and so to some extent, probably you know CFOs and CEOs and you know business executives probably have been kind of positioning themselves, you know, somewhat conservatively for the past twelve months or so. Um, so I would think that that the the margin story is still probably intact a little bit because they've been so disciplined on the cost side. But but maybe Rajiv, back to you for a second. You know, at some point, rates are going to start to matter. So how how high is your crystal? If you look at your crystal ball, how high might rates go in the, in the next you know, six months or so? Are we kind of, you mentioned we're near the peak perhaps from the Fed's perspective, but the long-term part of the bond, uh, bond yield curve rather is still kind of moving pretty high, as you mentioned, kind of close to 5%. So do we go to five and a half? Do we go to six? What do you, what do you kind of think might happen with the, the long end of the curve? Well, George, the 10-year uh, uh, 5% is the uh, resistance point, and we are pretty much there. The next resistance point is 5.14%, and uh, we could probably get there too. So there's no really reason why the 10-year would go lower. I think there's a lot of, uh, a lot of reasons why the 10-year keeps surging higher. You have less demand from China. You have less... Uh, less investors ex excited about uh, the surge in prices on a 10-year. And I think that uh, the, the most important thing right now is that the Fed is saying higher for longer. And I think that's really playing its its, its case on the 10-year. And I think the 10-year and the 30-year have both surged 60 basis points over the last one month. And that is a lot. And so I think Steve had mentioned it before that it's not the level that you're at, it's the surge. It's the, it's the pace at where you got there. And I think a lot of investors are really spooked by that. So the pain trade, which we've talked about before, is investing and adding duration on this type of environment, it's very difficult. So I really think that the 10-year uh, the could probably go beyond 5.14% very easily. That's the next resistance point. That was the resistance point on... Uh, 2006 that we saw in July. 
So, Steve, let's finish up the podcast with the last question to you. Sometimes we talk about the volatility index known as the VIX. There was a lot of complacency between roughly May and September of this year, under 15, and now we've seen a pop all the way up to 21.4. What do you think that's telling us, and, and what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think that the market had priced in a very complacent outlook, no doubt. Um, anytime you're below 15 in the VIX, it's, it's telling you that something uh, – everybody's really maybe a little bit too comfortable uh, with things. And, you know, 21 and a half, it's starting to get a little bit elevated. But, you know, quite honestly, when you look over the long-term track record of the VIX, the area of 20 is really kind of average. So it's more that we were uh, we were too complacent. And now we're kind of more back to normal. Uh, abnormal VIX would be, you know, standard deviations away from 20. So, you you know, two standard deviations we've talked about in these calls is 36, three standard deviations is 45. So, like, those are kind of areas where you start to think of, you know, a quote-unquote bottom being put in the market because there's just been a, 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 you know, kind of a chaotic trading environment with a lot of volatility. So, we're a long ways away from that right now. Uh, we're more back to normal. Um doesn't mean that we we won't see uh, a volatility continue to 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 stay uh, a, a little bit elevated here. You know, I think anytime you get geopolitical shocks like we got in the last couple of weeks, um, it kind of jolts people out of that complacency. Whether or not it actually impacts uh, equity prices or corporate fundamentals is a totally different question. But it jolts people out of that complacent. Uh, mood and and gets people to start to price more volatility into the market. Uh, so we'll see how that plays out. I will tell you that as we head now from from now to the end of the year, though, um, both in volatility and in the market, we do have a bit of a seasonal tailwind. We're entering the best six months of the year for the market. Um, we tend to see equity prices rise from now through year end, actually, and then into into the new year. Um, and on the flip side of that, we tend to see volatility fall while those equity prices are rising. So it's going to be really interesting this year to see if things run counter to the to the normal seasonal pattern, uh, based on both the fundamentals that we've got going on with the Fed and the geopolitics. Well, thanks for the conversation today, George, Stephen, Rajiv. We appreciate your insights and perspectives. And thanks to our listeners for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe to the Key Wealth Matters podcast through your favorite podcast app. As always, past performance is no guarantee of future results, and we know your financial situation is personal to you. So reach out to your relationship manager, portfolio strategist, or financial advisor for more information. And we'll catch up with you next week to see how the world and the markets have changed and provide those keys to help you achieve your financial success. The Key Wealth Matters podcast is produced by the Key Wealth Institute. The Key Wealth Institute is comprised of financial professionals representing key entities, including key private bank, key bank institutional advisors, key private client, and key investment services. Any opinions, projections, or recommendations contained herein are subject to change without notice and are not intended as individual investment advice. This material is presented for informational purposes only and should not be construed as individual tax or financial advice. Bank and trust products are provided by Key Bank National Association, a member of FDIC and Equal Housing Lender. Key Private Bank and Key Bank Institutional Advisors are part of Key Bank. Investment products, brokerage, and investment advisory services are offered through Key Investment Services, LLC, or KISS, a member of FINRA, SIPC, and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Insurance products are offered through Key Corp Insurance Agency, USA Incorporated, or KIA. 
Kiss and KIA are affiliated with KeyBank. Investments in insurance products are not FDIC insured, not bank guaranteed, may lose value, not a deposit, not insured by any federal or state government agency. KeyBank and its affiliates do not provide tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult their personal tax advisor before making any tax-related investment decision. This content is copyrighted by KeyCorp 2023.